This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is sponsored by the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists. For more about UBCP Actra, visit ubcp.com. That's ubcp.com. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Firminger. My mission is to pull back the curtain on Vancouver's film and television industry and expose its beating heart, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom style, by getting deep and down and a little dirty with the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. Today, I welcome Sandy Sudhu to the YVR screen scene hot seat. Sudhu? Sudhu. You know, it's funny, growing up in Canada, I've always just said Sudhu. Yeah. But in I India, say it right. I think it's actually Sudhu. Sudhu. But I've, I actually only ever say Sudhu. So yeah, I mean, my, my, I'm uh, not going to judge anyone. My birth name, my, my maiden name is uh, Sabrina Rani Merha. Oh, you know, wow. yeah, and like oh, which, wow. but here it's like it was like Sabrina Mera, and then people would like stumble over it, Mera, and I then know. my dad Anglo his Anil Mera, and he anglicized it. So oh, yeah, you know, cool. but I'm actually at a point now where I want to educate people about how to say yeah, because I guess you know if you hear it, then um, it's just more and more opportunity for people to kind of um, be like, oh, I heard this, I think I know how to say it, and kind of get more on track. It's always so hard though, all the world world names out there. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Working in a restaurant really helped me back in the day. I just uh, would always get, you know, in a restaurant, people sit, sitting down, every single like demographic you could think of. That helped a lot. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Okay, okay. I actually have a whole intro. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. oh, yeah. I have like more words to say. Oh my gosh, I really was just them. confirming your. Okay, so before we even begin, Sandy's my friend. And as soon as we wrap here, we're going to go across the street and drink fancy cocktails prepared by Frenchmen. So, but we're going to, we're going to have a great conversation. We're going to get through this. So I'm going to, I'm going to read what I wrote. Oh, my thesis good statement. So far. All right. <clears throat> and this is my podcast voice. I lose it after a while. It wasn't that long ago that Sandy Sudhu was well on her way to becoming a doctor. Sandy is South Asian, but you can't blame ideas about stereotypical South Asian parental pressure for this. Even though her mother's a nurse, her parents weren't pressuring her to work in medicine. They wanted their daughter to be happy. And when Sandy graduated from high school, she genuinely believed that the path to happiness was medicine. And clearly, Sandy, my girl, she had the goods. She was accepted into the Competitive Cell and Genetics degree program at the University of British Columbia and finally had what she'd always thought she wanted, except she wasn't fully happy. And we're going to talk to Sandy today about her journey from that moment to this particular moment in history and who she is now, which is an accomplished actress whose growing filmography includes dynamic performances in Grey's Anatomy, thank you very much, Supernatural, You, Me, Her, Arctic Air, Primeval New World, Supergirl, Harmic Channel's Frozen in Love, and heading into her biggest role yet as Nazneen Khan in global television's upcoming medical drama, Nurses. Sandy Sidhu. Welcome to the Wavio Screen Scene Podcast. That was the best intro ever. You're amazing. You're amazing. <laughs> I, I really, I mean, I, that is, I know you're a big nerd and you love comic books and all that. <laughs> yeah. But And like, so you know an origin story. I know an origin story. Uh, you have one hell of an origin story. Uh, so, okay, so let's, what led you to pre-med at UBC? Uh, you might actually have the biggest brain that's coming here. Oh, no, that's not true. <laughs> um, you know, I think... If you're really gonna boil it down, it was just, I was a young girl who didn't know herself. Mm. And I was someone who was grasping for a way to contribute in the best way I knew how at, what, 17? Yeah. You know? And I, um, I was someone who, I'm very A-type personality. So I was someone who was, you know, vice president of students council in high school and doing musical theater and head of, um, you know, doing like top marks in art class, but also top marks in science. And mm. I was someone who was trying out all these things. And at a young age in high school, I was, I was so type A that I was getting straight A's. And I, man, when the, when they start, you know, like, 
knocking around and asking like, what are you gonna do with the rest of your life? I know that question. I I come from a family. I think it's important to know that I come from, like both my parents were immigrants from India. And uh, so I was first generation um, Canadian. And none of my family had any sort of artistic endeavors. So it wasn't even a realm of possibility that I could pursue acting as a full-time career. I'd actually been acting since I was 14. And I'd been drawing since I was three. My mom said I was obsessed. I'd picked up a pencil at three and she's like, my walls had never recovered. <laughs> and like when- a We la- have pencils here and I we know, have some bare spaces. Yeah, no, if you could do some artwork on our walls before you leave, uh, we would appreciate that here at Fishlight Entertainment. Aww. Well, yeah, you know, I just, um, it was, I'd always been, my mom said art actually did come first in my life Mm -hmm. but when it came around to university which I had always wanted to go to university I like art you know creativity as a career like it just didn't even enter my mind so um, I was like what else is there you know and um, my mom's like you said my mom's a nurse it's so crazy that I booked nurses I'm so proud of that show. Uh, I can't wait for people to watch it when it comes out. Oh, um, we, and we will, don't worry. We will talk about that later on. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, I my mom worked her tail off growing up. My parents, they're, um, they were really hard working middle class. Um, I, I grew up in a middle class family of parents that worked so hard to provide for me. And I'm the firstborn of three kids. And I ha- I always had really strong awareness of just how hard they worked to provide for us. And I honestly, from since I was little, I had so much gratitude. And when I you know, was going into university, I was like, you know what? I was born in Canada. They gave me all the opportunities in the world. And I actually found biology interesting. I, I learned about white blood cells and I was like, wow, like this is super cool. Like we have we have little like armies in our body that like help us out. Like, wow. And that was actually that little wow was like, well, right, I'll become a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and that was actually what made me decide. So, you know, when I look back, I'm like, I didn't really have um, I just because I didn't know who I was. I was really unassured in uh, I didn't have much self-awareness. That was enough for me to decide the rest yeah. of my life. I got so, Can I can I just say though, like it's a lot to ask a teenager yeah. at seventeen or eighteen. It's a lot to like decide. Okay, right now you have to decide what you're gonna do for yeah. your life. Like this is the year, and like I I didn't really know who I was and what I wanted God. to be until like the end of my twenties. Dude, really I, seriously, like it's. It was, it was a lot, you know, but it's, it's social norms. So you mm. don't question it. You know, it's the way our society is set up. So you don't, you, you judge yourself inward than um, allowing yourself that space to breathe if you need it. Yeah. And um, I ended up getting a scholarship to UBC, um, a small one, but I did end up getting one. And I thought, you know what, my mom, this is literally my, my thinking. My mom immigrated to Canada. She had to learn English with three kids and put herself through nursing school. I grew up here. I can be a doctor. I yeah. know. I, I, I grew up speaking English and Punjabi, but like I, I, ha- I have all the advantages my mom didn't have. Yeah. So I can... Um, for some reason, I thought, you know, being a doctor would be better hours. <laughs> I don't what? know why I thought what? that in my head. I know. But, um, you know, when I got into UBC, I was actually um, doing acting and studying at the same time. And what do you mean doing acting? Like, Well, because I actually realized midway through that I was depressed. <sighs> and science wasn't enough for me and uh, but I didn't have the confidence to say that I wanted to give up science because I felt like um, uh, I felt this whole inferiority complex and this kind of imposter attitude towards me wanting to be an actress because it doesn't happen to people like me you know and I suffered that for a long time so I actually people like you Oh, I don't know the the, just the, the the fear in my mind telling me I can't do I can't live out you know, fantasies, you know, yeah. and I had a really strong kind of, I, I you know, I, it took me a really long time to squash this voice in my head that really loved to tell me I wasn't capable of pursuing my dreams. Mm. So, Man, we can really like be our own worst enemies, eh? Nobody oh, yeah. can hurt us like us. 
Oh, no. Yeah. I, I have said worse things in my mind to myself than I think anyone who could troll online could say. Not that anyone has trolled towards me, but like, you know, that whole internet notion of like safety behind a monitor and saying mm. horrible things to people. I've already said all those things to myself. Yeah. And I'm so glad um, I actually I worked on myself enough and, you know, got to a point where I realized it wasn't my identity. These mm. little toxic voices in my head I was like no this is not me this is fear yeah and oh gosh it took me so long to figure out those voices weren't my reality yeah you know and so when I first started pursuing acting it was uh terrifying and I didn't tell people for a long time and I think that in itself stopped me from success because I was always half I I, I loved it more than anything but I was always one foot in commitment um not in terms of work ethic, but in terms of self-confidence. Mm. And so... So you, like, so for instance, you were still at UBC. Yeah. And and yet you were also pursuing acting, yeah. going to auditions, studying, <laughs> yeah. and then not telling people oh, yeah. in your life about it. Is oh, that yeah. what you mean? Oh, my God. Yeah, only my closest So you feel like you're a lie, right? I, like, totally. Living a lie. Totally. I actually did tell my parents. I'll never forget the day. I was like, Mom, Dad... I actually want to be an actor, not a doctor. And, you know, my parents never pressured me into going into school, which a lot of people don't believe, but it's true. Mm -hmm. I actually told them what I wanted to do because I'm very stubborn. And <laughs> they know this about me. So <laughs> they're like, our daughter's going to do what she wants to do. But um, I thought, oh, my God, like my parents immigrated from India. They're not going to have this. I'm like, this is when they're going to put their foot down and tell me I, I'm screwing up my life. But um, I was so shocked. They just went, OK, we support you. And just work really hard because that's their attitude you know um my parents really believed uh they had to work my dad you know he he always believed he had to work three times harder than anyone else because he was an immigrant and he, yeah. he felt he had a lot of limitations and you know what he did yeah so he, that was their advice to me that idea that i mean that is pushed by a lot of the, the white supremacists or people who want to like shut down immigration to canada that they're like oh the immigrants come over and they don't work hard or whatever it's like literally people want to do that in canada yeah. i didn't know that oh what? yeah oh, there's there's a political party that is run oh, by gosh. an ex-conservative dude called the people's party of canada they had these big billboards um like saying say no to mass immigration it's like honestly like all the immigrants that i know and have ever known so have come over here and and worked their asses and off made the country better. you know and absolutely and yeah. it's and you're right it's because they have even more to prove they have to work three times as hard that makes me so sad that there is at just anytime i hear examples of like listen everyone's entitled to their own opinions their own um outlooks on life but whenever it's an opinion based on hatred and prejudice it breaks my heart because I know that those individuals putting up those billboards are not as happy as they could be in their lives. Yeah. Because if they were really happy with their lives, they wouldn't feel this need for a lack of inclusive inclusivity and recognizing yeah. that this country will actually like this country has always thrived on immigration, which is why we love our country so much. Yeah. You know, and then as soon as we, you know, I'm so proud to be Canadian and it's gosh, that breaks my heart here. Yeah. I'm 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 at a point like I'm very proud to be the the wife, the daughter, the granddaughter, and the great granddaughter of immigrants, I literally am all of those things because like the, these are all people who left the places where you know they they were born, where they were you know like uh, facing so many challenges, and came over to a scary new place where they had no roots and built something new. You know, there's so I, much courage that's needed. In absolutely, that. you know. I'm I, so I just want to talk a little bit about you know that the that leaving your university program because at some point you do and you make the commitment and tell me about those early you know months and years as as Sandy Sidhu moves through the you know the Vancouver film and television scene I I have friends in the industry that said um who I am today is night and day from when I started hmm. because I was so shy and I was so timid and for so long acting coaches would tell me that I needed to stand on my own two feet and really own my power and I had no access to that and it just did you feel the, I'm sorry for interrupting but no, like no. did you feel powerful or did not you feel all. that you contained the power yeah no not at all I I think acting saved like honestly acting was what the gift I needed in my life to 
become who I truly am. Yeah. I, I'm so thankful for this career because you cannot succeed as an actor if you do not know who you are. Mm. I truly believe that because you need to have a voice. You need to stand up for something. You need to have mm. opinions. You need to know yourself so that you can dive into another person's shoes. Yeah. Self-awareness is such an integral part of success in this industry. I believe that. Yes, and preach girl. <laughs> when yeah. I first started out, I had none of those things. Yeah. In terms of um, a spiritual perspective, I almost feel like acting was the path I needed to wake up and figure out who I was. And so this industry really kind of, I, I owe it a debt yeah. to the happiness I now have in my life. What kind of feedback were you, so like what time, like what kind of feedback were you receiving when you first got into the, the industry? Because, you know, I mean, the fact is you are a woman of color, you know, the industry is going through yeah. an, an awakening of sorts now, but like, yeah. was it where, like, were you like, what kind of roles were you reading for and what kind of feedback were you hearing? It's so funny you say that. I, um, casting directors had always been so nice to me because I was so timid and I think a part of them was like this poor girl what is she doing pursuing this career because I was just honestly like just like pooping myself before I went into a room you can you can say shitting is <laughs> shitting, fine yeah I was shitting myself before I went into a room I know I was trying to think of another analogy I can think of uh, <laughs> um but you know I was going it's so funny you say that I was always going out for victim roles and I, oh. at the beginning of my career, I was booking victim roles. And it was so interesting because I I had no spine for myself. So hmm. um, at the early part, all the roles were like grieving girlfriend whose boyfriend just died. Um, you know, uh, a plane crash. I died in two planes in the early, in my early career. <laughs> One of those episodes was really rad, though, because oh, weren't thanks. you like half like in a different time or something? Yeah, like in dino new dinosaurs world. were attacking I was you. killed by yeah. primitive insects that were carnivorous. Right. Yeah, it was that was a great episode. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I saw you. <laughs> yeah. So I just um, but you know what? I had an earnestness. I loved it. the one thing I have to say is the one thing that has not changed from day one to today is my love for acting. It's, yeah, it's always been pure. It's never um, it's never diminished. I've never loved it less. Can I can I ask you a question though about playing the victim? Do you think that was because of you being so shy, or yeah. how do you so so how do you think your 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 cultural identity, your roots, hmm. played into that at all, or did that was that not even something that you thought about? I've never thought about that. Let me if I were let me think about that question with my cultural identity. You know, I think maybe if there was any cultural ties, because I. I was bullied when I was a kid, yeah, and that was the primary root of me being shy and acting. I am, I, I didn't like I said, I've been doing it since I was fourteen with theater and everything. So, it was the first. It unleashed my voice as first steps because it helped cope with debilitating shyness. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking like I could, I could barely look at people, you know. And mm. knowing me today, you'd be like, you what? Yeah. No, you're so outgoing <laughs> and blah, blah. But like, I the bullying really affected me a lot. Yeah. So I, the theater saved me, you mm. know. And um, I think when I got into the industry, I think, I, I think it was just so much imposter shaming I had done of like. I was going to the auditions, I had found myself an agent, I was taking the classes, but at the end of the day, I was like, who do I think I am? Yeah. Because the bullying really just um, kind of really did wiggle its way in there and was kind of saying like, you're not, you're kind of worthless, you don't matter, your voice is It was echoing, even though it had happened years before, yeah, it, it had so imprinted on you. I yeah. think my younger self had tremendous courage to keep, to do, to, uh, to make the steps to get the agent to show up to those auditions or still I think I had a lot of courage because my god like the, th the things I was saying in my mind were so um, hurtful to yeah. me and so I think that's why it took me a, a long time to hit success because I was combating two things courage to move forward but no self-confidence along the way mm. Mm -hmm. But I think when I, I don't really know if there's so much cultural identity, but in our culture, you don't become an artist. So I think I was hiding it in a, in that regard because I wasn't succeeding off the gate. So if I were to tell people in my community I was an actor, they'd be like, you know, that typical like, well, what are you doing? 
Yeah. You know, and then nothing right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I was like, I, I, I just had so much shame. Oh, yeah. it was just, I think it was just so much shame coming at me at all angles. Um, that, uh, but thankfully, I didn't give up. Yeah. And that's the key. I didn't give up. And I thank that part of myself. And I, I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I didn't give up. Yeah. But, um, that was my saving grace. Yeah. yeah. What were some of the um, the uh, early uh, memorable oh God. roles yeah. and watershed kind of <laughs> moments that you know that that brought you to where you are today? Oh, oh, watershed moments. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I imagine, like there there would be like maybe a particular day on set, you know, or particular advice you you received from somebody that kind yeah. of like just changed the game for you or change the voice in your head, you know? Oh, yeah, that's a really good question. I I've... try to have at least one. <laughs> <laughs> you have more than one. Um, Two! You know, I think it was, I, honestly, um, it was my high school teacher in musical theater. I, I was just doing theater for fun. And my best friend at the time, she was really pursuing it as a career. And I was just there to combat my shyness. And so for me, it was just a giddy way to hang out with my best friend and look at cute guys, honestly, because the theater boys were so cute. (laughs) And I was so shy and I was like, you know, you get to be like in rehearsal with all these people and it's fun. And when you're a really shy person, oh, my God, it's such a great time, you know, Um, but. I remember auditioning for this play called Anything Goes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you mean the musical the Anything musical, Goes? Anything Goes. Uh, don't ask me to sing right now. It's been yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he mandatorily made everyone audition for the lead just to kind of get a sense of everyone's voice from the song. And, you know, it was classic style musical theater, like you see in the movies where um, the audition names are put up and everybody runs to school and looks at that sheet. And everybody's running up to see their name on the sheet to see where they placed. And I remember being dumbfounded because my name was next to the female lead. And I was like, what, what? What? I'm Indian. This is. I, I went to a predominantly Caucasian high school. Yeah. I grew up on the island and I grew up in a city called Nanaimo. And there was like three Indian people in my grade, you know? And so um, this is a white musical yeah. and um, predominantly Caucasian people auditioning. And so I, I was the female lead with a white mom and a white boyfriend and a white family. But they were, my musical theater teacher, Mr. Anderson, was... I don't know. I don't know what he saw in me, but he had me as the lead of that play, and it was a shock to everyone. <laughs> I'm talking everybody's jaw dropped, like Sandy, because I had no no agenda towards that. Yeah, you know, I, it was not my goal at all. I was there literally just to have fun and to get more confident, and so that was a game changer for me because I was like, what? And he, all of a sudden, and I actually went up to him, and he said, he's like, I believe in you. <gasps> Oh, my God. Yeah. I love I mean, it's and this is not the first time that somebody has come in and like Mm. done the hat tip at their teacher who changed the game for them. Right. You know, it's such an important role in society, really. And my parents actually did a big thing for me because opening night um, they came up to me after. uh, Oh, my God. And my my mom and dad had to watch me kiss on stage and being Indian. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, like PDA is kept. Yeah, you know, because usually in a movie, yeah. it's like they go behind the bush, <laughs> yes. or behind the tree, or behind the. Oh, I'll never forget the sweat on my back <laughs> knowing my dad was in the audience, and I was kissing my best friend too. Yeah. He was still my best friend to this day, Andrew Halliwell. Wow, that was awkward. Um, Andrew is in the industry as well. He's yeah, a he's a musical composer, composer, and he his own recording artist. Yeah. yeah, he's very talented. Awesome guy. You can see him in the film Daughter, which uh, has its Love world it. premiere at the 2019 <laughs> Vancouver International Film Festival. Go, Andrew. Go, Andrew. <laughs> so proud. Uh, but yeah, but another another pivotal thing my mom and dad did is they came backstage and they congratulated me and they gave me a ring. A, a yellow gold and white gold ring um, that I still have to this day. And they said it. We were, they were so proud of me, of my accomplishment. And it was to kind of, it was it was to what's that word C- commiserate the the occasion to yeah commemorate commemorate yeah 
Commiserate is more like, ooh, you had a bad time. Let's talk about it. I know. I always get confused. I always get them confused. And they're not really related at all. They really change the tone of everything. Commemorate. You heard that wrong. Uh, (laughs) I'm not fixing it in post. She said um, commemorate. Yes, That ring I've always stared at in my career, you know. And so Mr. Anderson did me a good one. And then Primeval New World, my, um, my guest star that I did. Uh, the director uh, came up to me and he said, he goes, you know, I think Mike Roll, he's a director that works in town and he's yeah. very talented. And he said, I'll never forget it. He came up to me and he said, behind the monitors, all we can keep saying behind, uh, keep saying about your work is performance. Like he's just like, we're just so blown away by your performance. Mm. And I, I was shocked, you know, and these little golden nuggets that you get along the way, you hold on to them because this industry is tough. There's a lot of rejection. But when you have people that come up to you and they make that genuine eye contact yeah, and they, they gift you with those words, of, I think it's belief. Yeah. When someone says energetically, they don't have to say it outright, but when they energetically in some way authentically connect with you and they say they believe in they you. They see your light. It's something that your heart just kind of goes, oh my God, I'm keeping that. You know, and when that negative self-talk inevitably comes in in the industry, you you kind of those kind of sentiments, they save you. And I think I think I've always there's been a a positivity in me that always held on to those little moments that kept me going. Yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) Um, You went somewhere where many actors want to go. You went to Shondaland. Yeah. Yeah. You, you had a, a very exciting guest spot on Grey's Anatomy, uh, acting opposite. Jesse Williams. Stunningly. so jealous. <laughs> um, those eyes, that talent, the wokeness. Can, can you tell me about, the, about what that experience meant to you? And also, like, I mean, I, I just imagine that Shondaland is like this place where, you know, it's like inclusive oh, and yeah. ideas are welcome and women are empowered. Like, do you know, you nailed t- it. like, t- tell me what goes on in Shondaland, Sandy Sadhu? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was um, blindsided with booking the guest star on Grey's Anatomy because I was filming. I actually was going through a booking streak and I had just finished a Hallmark movie with Rachel Lee Cook and Niall Mater called Frozen in Love. And yeah. Also from Primeval New World. So yeah. it's a nice like little Yeah, I'd worked with Niall. Yeah. I think I've worked with him a total of three times yeah. actually, uh, which is amazing. But I had um, gone through a booking streak and I, it was around Christmas time and there was literally like two weeks before the industry was shutting down for Christmas. And I remember saying to my family like, oh my God, I've had such a great streak and run. Like, I'm so thankful. I couldn't ask for more because when I had booked Frozen in Love before that, I went, I couldn't ask for more. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I booked Frozen in Love. I'm like, oh my God, now I really couldn't ask for more. Yeah. And it was literally on the last day of Frozen in Love and I had thrown a tape uh, an audition request for Grey's Anatomy, um, I think one o'clock in the morning. And I, there was no time. It was like a rush tape. It was, I got it the same day. It was due the next morning. Wait, Frozen in Love was actually, this was an actual, um, so it was a movie that was, a Hallmark movie that was about winter that was filming in winter? It was, yeah. Because usually like minute. you do your winter yeah. films in the middle of summer. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah. So you're filming in the cold. I think they had like a two-week turnover and they it aired sometime in January. It was what? super intense. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's very rare for winter movies to be shot in the winter. So <laughs> we were one of the few that did. You're already in an arduous situation, you know, time yeah. crunch and everything. You get the audition request, one o'clock in the morning. And I actually ended up having to record it, the other lines on my cell phone because I couldn't find anyone to help me tape because I was filming and I was really busy. So I... So your reader... I didn't have a reader. Was your cell phone. Myself, on my cell phone. You should have asked uh, Niall because wasn't that his job, his one of his like first jobs was he was a reader. He probably wasn't on set. For some reason, I didn't have someone that day. Okay. I I mean, I I don't mean to go back in time and problem solve this for you. I mean, you did. Get the job, yeah. <laughs> but I just thought it was cool because that was his job, right? He, like his first job in the industry was he was a reader for Maureen Webb. That's really cool. I actually didn't yeah. know that. Well, That's... you'll have to listen to his episode. I will. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I um I remember coming off set and I still had the set. I used my set makeup because I'd finished like a th- twelve hour day. Yeah, and I I had my set makeup and hair and I just like 
I, I honestly don't even remember the audition. It was so fast. But I, I I was like, oh, I get her. She's a lawyer, humanitarian lawyer. And I, I felt like she was all, I was like, this reminds me of Amal Clooney. Amal Clooney, yeah. So I kind of hooked onto that type of energy. And I yeah. was like, I, I made quick decisions really fast. I'm like, I'm going to go with the, like a grounded Amal Clooney type energy and just blast it. I blasted the audition out, sent yeah. it off, didn't think about it because I hadn't, I mean, me booking Jesse Williams' girlfriend on Grey's Anatomy, I like... No. Yeah, I would never have. You know? <laughs> and then it was the last day of filming on Frozen in Love, and I was just like singing my praises of gratitude. And then I get the call: "You're flying to LA in two days to book Grey's Anatomy." I was like, ah. "It was amazing." And Shondaland is everything you'd expect. It's um, full of diversity, full of um, it, the, the set was so positive. And all I kept hearing time and time again was Ellen Pompeo, who plays Meredith Grey, the number one lead on the show. I heard that she works as hard on the show as she did on day one on the pilot. Wow. And that's the reason for this. I mean, not the whole reason for the success of the show, but she was really, I never met her, but she was really idolized on the show by all the castmates. Yeah. And I really quickly got a sense that she was someone that every single person, cast and crew, highly respected and adored. Mm. And I loved that. Yeah. You know? And so she set the tone and then everybody lived up to. Because I yes. mean I was talking yeah. to, to Niall about this too, about like I guess he's just really in my mind because yeah, it was like we, it was yeah. literally yesterday. But you know, that that like, you know, as as easy as it is for a, for a number one to like elevate everybody as well, they can also bring everyone down too. hundred you know? percent. And you know, t- 14 years on a show Amazing. with Ellen Pompeo's talent. She's a, she's exceptionally talented. She has so much vulnerability in her work. Yeah. She and, and she's got all the money now. You know, it, it, it would Yeah, she you, doesn't have to doesn't you, necessarily have to work as You hard. wouldn't blame yeah. her for coasting. Yeah. You wouldn't blame her. There wouldn't be a person being like, "How dare you coast?" you know, but she didn't. Yeah. And so there's still a lot of energy crackling on that set yeah and I actually uh if I hadn't worked with Rachel Lee Cook who I was a star in her own days Mm -hmm. and who was one of the nicest people in Hollywood I love hearing that yeah Rachel Lee Cook one of the nicest people in Hollywood she's a boss babe she's all about female empowerment she's so kind yeah like oh my god I honestly her kindness and friendship gave me a lot of confidence on Grey's Anatomy because mm. I hadn't finished working with her. So I, 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 I was able to work with someone that I potentially could be uh, a little starstruck around. But she, yes. she, dis- she, she, distinct- she takes the flame out on that and she goes, I'm just a person. Mm. And so I was around someone who, who treated me like an equal. Yeah. And I slid right into that, into Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. So I had a lot of confidence Yay. on that set. And they were, Jesse Williams is awesome. So all the ladies out there who think he's super fine. He's, and the men, because, you know. Yeah, and men. Yeah, yeah any to everybody out and there. And non-binary pals, yes, everybody. Yeah, yeah, everybody. To everybody out there who thinks he's gorgeous, he's also really nice. Oh, my God, so, that's good. Yeah, he was awesome. Those super eyes. Fun. Oh, my God. Yep, I know. Yeah. <laughs> he's, and he's just as dreamy in real life. Yeah. yeah he's super great. Um, real professional, really uh, inquisitive, asked me about my life and my... Uh, bringing and you know he's someone who's not checked out either was really uh he listens when he asks you a question he listens he pays attention and he's he was he made me feel incredibly welcome on the set yeah and it was fun I had a great time yeah. and I am obsessed with Sandra O. Oh, and she had left a show at that yes. point and all I did was ask the crew and everybody yeah. like, what was it like working <laughs> with Sandra oh oh my god and um, they had nothing but incredible things to say about her. So honestly, it was an experience that left me pinching myself yeah. because I was able to work on a show that I love watching. And they were what you hope to be. They were yeah. what you would hope. They weren't. I, I did have a real fear going in that it was going to be this well-oiled machine. And sometimes when you get on set, there can be a bit of um, a bit of sterility or um, it's not intentional, but you can feel a bit of isolation and coldness. Just oh, because, yeah. Just because people are on their own track. It's nothing personal. It's not it's not a negative thing, but you can feel a little intimidated sometimes. Yeah. And so I, I honestly thought that that's I, I'd never um, booked a show in L.A., it was my first time filming in L.A. Oh, geez. So, I mean, what a first show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the producer, the showrunner came up to me and she said, we saw your tape. 
and it had to be you. She's like, we worked like, cause I, there was a potential for my visa not being processed. And, and she said, she's like, we just got our lawyers at ABC and we just got on it. And I'm, I just like, I think I hugged her. Like, I think I like, I, 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 I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know what though? I feel like there, like, is there a lesson in that for you as somebody who goes to auditions and puts stuff on tape? The fact that you got this incredible opportunity uh, went from a tape where part of you, it wasn't that you didn't give a shit, but you didn't overthink it or something. Like, is, is yeah. there something in that? Is that something that you're able to replicate as yeah. an actor? It's the thing all actors are trying to master is that like, uh, yeah, you're right. I, it, it is the thing that gets me booking. Like, yeah. la I keep saying like, like <laughs> Toastmasters. I took it when I was a kid <laughs> and I shouldn't <laughs> fill words with like, um, but and like, isn't that the thing? I don't know. I don't know. Our <laughs> listeners are used to it because okay, I yeah. go off all <laughs> over the place. Uh, last year, I also then ended up going through a streak of bookings, and it was when I was living my life and I didn't care. Mm. And so it is the thing for me when work comes to me, but I don't think you can replicate it because yeah. I love what I do. I'm extremely passionate towards it, so I'm always going to – pardon me. I'm always going to have a drive towards – getting better yeah being better pushing my talent and my craft and as best as I can and that's going to require dedication and what happens I think for me I don't know about other actors but I end up you know giving it my all with auditions not booking feeling like I'm doing the best work of my life yeah and not even getting a callback and then you end up getting kind of like ugh, and you let go and then you just start showing up to auditions and you don't start doing you don't I don't work less but I care less yeah and then you book again Oy. and I almost feel like it's a cyclical thing of like it beats the caring out of you yeah <laughs> and then when that happens then you start working it's that's a I can imagine though that that's a tough yeah. like headspace to live in and a lot of emotions to deal with you know I mean like I know that this came up when we did our special episode last season about mental health in the industry right yeah. and that like the, and like that that cycle you know can actually like have a negative impact on on people's mental health mental health I with actors I think is is crucially important to keep on top of because we're artists yeah. in a world of business and it's really uh, a balance. And right now, people will look at me and say, I'm on fire, is what I hear. Yeah. But I, right now, over the summer, I've been pushing myself and getting even more um, audition opportunities for things that have I, I dreamed of auditioning for in the past. Yeah. And I haven't booked them, you know? Hmm. And to me, I, I always give myself a new benchmark of growth. And right now, currently, I didn't get those auditions. And it doesn't really, I don't, I said to, I actually just did a talk for an acting class. And I said, you know, how you're, and, and I, I said, raise of hands, who here has an official credit on IMDb? Because that's the whole thing when you first start out as acting. Yeah. You're like, I just want that one credit on IMDb. It's like a thing with actors. At least it was with me. And I'd say about 75% of the class put up their hands that they had not booked a professional credit yet. Yeah. And I said, I have news for you. I go, you know how you're feeling right now of wanting to accomplish that first credit? I still have that feeling now for things I want to do moving forward. Mm. I said, that feeling never goes away in our industry. Yeah. So, but the thing is, it's like, I could say, get used to it, but even I'm not used to it. Mm. You know, I haven't learned how to get used to it. All, and I said, the only thing that changes is your trust level starts to increase. Like... Right now, I'm like, I'm trusting I'm going to start working again in the future because of my resume and my collaboration with directors and producers and their, their, how satisfied they are with me helping yeah. with the story. And my feeling of validation with myself is increasing and feeling good when I get off a roll. And so I'm starting to trust more and more of like, yeah, I'm probably going to work again. 
But there is that tiny, like no word of lie, there is that tiny fear of like, I may never work again. Yeah. And I don't know that that ever stops, yeah. you know? So I think it just, I think you find coping mechanisms that get better and better along yeah, the way. Yeah, you, you make room for it in your life, the way that you make room with like grief or with depression. Like you have to like, you know. Yeah. Like you, make, you make room for, for what the reality is yeah. of being an actor, basically. I, 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 was, I was in this amazing lecture class in Los Angeles a couple of years ago and it changed my life. And uh, and the coach, she said, every actor has a shitty committee in their head. Mm. And I'm like, how well said. Yeah. And she goes, everybody has a shitty committee. And the shitty committee goes wild when you're about to walk into an audition, which is true. The worst things we can say to ourselves as actors happens right when we're walking into that audition room. Like, I am so guilty of that. I'll yeah. walk into an audition room and I'll see everybody and I'll think, oh, she should book it because she's so, she's prettier than me. And she's, everybody's, here's one thing that happens. Everyone's prettier than me because everyone's oh. owns their own authenticity. I'm like, oh, they're authentically so gorgeous in their own right. And I give the role away energetically. I used to do that all the time. I'd walk into a room and I went, I don't deserve this. Everybody else deserves this role. I'm the imposter. They're the real actors. You know what I find amazing about that uh, is that they are probably doing the same to you as well. Now that I've spent so much time in this room talking to people, like imposter syndrome is huge. I mean, I guess it stands to reason that it would be amongst actors. Yeah, and I think the biggest change in me now is I've done so much self-work that I, I don't I don't allow that voice to tell me that anymore. I go in and the, the difference is this. I still get tremendously nervous when I walk into audition and I've accepted that's going to happen for the rest of my life. Yeah. But now I go, every single one of us, when that shitty committee comes up in my head, I go, no. I go, every one of us is a living, breathing human being that deserves to tell the story in their own right. Mm-hmm. And we don't know which is going to be inevitably the right choice in the story that the this producing and directing team has put together. Yeah. And it's not any of our business to know. I, I'm not going in to book the job anymore. I'm going in to tell my story on the way I see this character. Yeah. And so it doesn't ma- and then it And it, they see how it fits into yeah. what the whole like the larger picture. So you wish is. everyone good luck. Everyone's a teammate. You wish everyone the best. And you hope that everyone can go in that day authentically telling their own story the way they see it, which yeah. will always be different from yourself because no no one can replicate who you are. And then, you know, you wish them a great project and you ideally just go about your day. That's a best case scenario for me when I do an audition. And, and that's kind of the attitude I always kind of try to adopt. And it has helped tremendously. Yeah. All right, girl, we're going to take a break. Okay. And then when we come back, uh, and we're not going to drink across the street right now. We're going to do that after we're done. When we come back, though, we're going to talk about nurses. We're going to talk about Nazneen Khan. Awesome. Okay. How's that for a cliffhanger, huh? Such a good one. Okay, let's take that break. Hiring professional performers makes all the difference to the success of any recorded media project. Did you know that the Union of BC Performers, ACTRA, provides agreements for all budgets and types of productions, including commercials, TV series and movies, feature films, from big budget to Canadian indies and student films, animation series, video games, web series, and even streaming video on demand, like Netflix? For instance, our highly successful UBCP ACTRA Ultra Low Budget Agreement encourages and facilitates artistic collaboration between professional performers and independent producers who wish to produce very low budget or even no budget productions. No matter what your budget, we've got you covered and you too can benefit from UBCP ACTRA's award-winning world-class performers. So, if you need actors, voiceover artists, stunt coordinators, stunt performers, singers, dancers, puppeteers, stand-ins, background performers, ranging across any age or demographic, then just contact us at UBCP ACTRA. Make your project the very best that it can be. This message was read by a UBCP ACTRA member. Go to ubcp.com for more information. So I got to say that Sandy was all being nervous that she wasn't interesting. (laughs) (laughs) She was being super imposter syndrome. (laughs) I'm like, yes, this is amazing. I'm so happy you're here. You know, like you need to sometimes just let that give voice to the inner critic to to normalize that inner critic, you know, (laughs) because also like there are everybody has these voices, you know, and so you got to just like you have to normalize it, you know, and then you take away its power. As well. I do think it's really important to talk about vulnerability in this industry. Mm. And 
stop putting those walls up of I've got this yeah. because when you're an artist you're always kind of living putting yourself out there your heart like just you know hard on your sleeve and it's up for rejection most of the time so I think it is really important um, to kind of be vocal about vulnerability and yes. authenticity and just being like yeah I get nervous it's it's okay you know and yes you can, and you can succeed with that yes and people benefit from giving voice to it you know like you sharing your story it makes an impact I want to talk about Nazneen Nazneen Khan on Nurses. That's the character you play on Nurses. That yeah, is the character I you play actually, on Nurses, I, right? Yeah, yes, it is. It's now, perfect. are you Naz or are you Nazneen? No, I, well, it's Nazneen, yeah. but um, they call me Naz. Naz. Yeah. I actually can't talk too much about the show right now. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't. She has literally moved back from the <laughs> microphone, and so and so. This is this is a global uh, yes. drama, and it yeah. is coming in the winter. Yeah. Uh, yes, I do not believe they've officially released an air date. Yeah, I was looking yet. this morning. I couldn't find one, but I do know. I do. I've heard kind <laughs> She's of. She's like dancing around the mic right now. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's releasing sometime, I think, uh, later in the winter, and yeah. it's, it'll be on global TV, and, and it's an ensemble medical drama yeah. about nurses. Yeah. Nurses. What I love about that is that your mother is a nurse. Is a nurse. Yeah. You know, so, like, did you, and it's okay, we're not going to talk about her, oh, sorry, I said Naz, because my my granddad's name was a Nazari, so, oh, no like, way. everybody called him Naz, so it was Naz, Nazneen. Uh, I'm sure she'll go by both yeah. all the time. Yeah. That's actually what I said on set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, so, I'm not going to ask you about, you know, all the spoilers and yeah. stuff, but, like, as far as preparing for that kind of role, yeah. having your mother, you know, it, like, at, like, that being her job, like, you know, how did that inform how did your mother's career inform your portrayal everything oh really everything yeah she's the reason I booked this job it was effortless I grew up around a nurse it was the one role I I, I can't talk about the show but I can talk about the audition yeah and um, it, I was one to two takes max yeah each, each scene wow and I just knew her I was like, I knew how I wanted to play it. And it was one of the few auditions where um, I had a girlfriend of mine. She was helping me with my audition. And she usually will give me awesome feedback. She's a very talented actress. And it was the one of the few, and I almost 99% of the time take her advice being like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, I'll try that. Yeah. And I remember, and she said this to me. She goes, you know, she she's like, I had a feeling you were going to book this job because she had given me advice of like, why don't you try it like this? And I went, you know what? No, she wouldn't do it like that. Mm. I'm like, no. I, I, I flat out went, no, that's not who she is. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay. And I was like, I, and I, I think I incorporated something she had said for a take two, but we ended up sending the first take anyways. But I just, I just knew her. Yeah. And the, she popped. She leapt off the state, off the script. I saw the script and. I, 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 the, the only way I can describe it in an analogy or metaphor is um, there's lines on a script, but I could see the whole iceberg underneath. Yeah. And it's because I grew up around a mom who's a nurse, and I already knew the story I wanted to tell because every day growing up, I, my mom loves her patients. Yeah. She is an incredible nurse. Yeah. She changes lives every day. She, my mom is actually a hero. Yeah. And I, I, I mean that. She's a hero. Oh, and gosh. I, I spent a few weeks of summer in hospital. I've spoken about it on the podcast before. But, like, you know, the doctors were incredible. And we got wonderful information from them. Yeah. But the actual, the, the care, oh, the, yeah. the healing, the the shoulders that I literally cried on, you know, the arms <laughs> oh, that held me that were literally me those of the nurses, you know. Like, that's like when we, when we, when we left, like, we hugged every single nurse because they were... They're, the work that they were doing was was life changing, you know. And there are people who in 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 the ward where we were who didn't make it, and they shared their final moments with them. And it's like, what a what a gift! It's a calling, you know. I have so I'm like tearing up right now. I have so much respect for nurses. Yeah. Because um, my mom's very quiet. She never really talks about her job much. But I I it took I, it took me up to high school to figure out she was a good nurse because. 
I ended up getting um, people in my high school come up to me at random times being like, oh, you know, your mom took care of my grandpa and she was incredible. And, you know, your mom took care of my my uncle and or my mom or, you know, like people who I wasn't in my social peer group, like they're in, you know, the different circles in high school. They would take time at lunch break or whatever, pass me in the hallway and go, your mom really meant a lot to our family. And I'd come home being like, hey, mom, like, do you remember so and so? And she goes, oh, yeah, lovely fellow. And that's all she'd say. And I was so moved by my mom's dedication to her job and i've and my dad in his own right with his own job but my mom i i was always blown away and nurse a job nurses are it's a it's a back-breaking job Mm. if you know the, the nurses that really care every day and they don't check out it's it's exhausting it, yeah and my mom she pours her heart out every shift i know she does yeah you know and when I got the audition for this show, I took it as an opportunity to honor my mom's legacy of her own life. And so I had a real- Ooh, I just got chills. <laughs> I had a real opinion. Yeah. And I was like, this is how I, and I can't talk about the show, but like I had a real opinion about my character going through and then I, I left it. And at the time I had never booked a series lead before. Yeah. And so I, and actually at the time I had booked a trip to New Zealand during that time of filming. So I had uh, sent the audition off and I didn't think twice about it at all. I was, I sent it off. But I remember calling my agent being like, oh, you ever, like, I think a couple weeks went by. Yeah. And it popped in my head and I was talking to my agent at some point and I went, hey, you ever, you ever get any feedback on that, that aud- nurse's audition? Cause man, I thought I, I thought I did a good job. And she went, yeah, no, we haven't. I went, ah, all right, well. You know, moving on. Yeah. It's the industry. And then I'll never forget it. I was at a commercial audition and I get, I turn my phone on silent always for an audition and the phone went off. And it was weird because it was on silent on my phone, but it was my agent that called and it blasted the aud- like the audition room. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so weird. Like, <laughs> it's on silent. And yeah. I, cl- I pick up and I'm like, oh, hi, I'm just about to go in. Can I call you after? She's like, yeah, absolutely. And I got in the car and I waited like 20 minutes after the audition to give her a call back. Yeah. And she goes, hey, I'm, g- I'm going to loop in your manager in LA. And I'm like, oh, maybe I got a, maybe they want to talk call back. Oh yeah, I'd gotten a call back request for, for the show. Yeah. And I'm like, that's weird. Why are they looping me in? Like, what do they want to talk about? And she's like, you booked it. You booked the job. Like just straight off the tape. And yeah. I just ended up bursting into tears because it was like blindsided, you know? Yeah. I I was... I was a gift and that show while I can't talk about it right now I am so excited I love that you're kind of whispering too like it's a secret (laughs) she's really excited about it I'm proud of this show and um, what our showrunner Adam Petal and everyone involved has done all our cast I am so excited to promote this show properly when we're able to because um, I think think we have something that hopefully audiences will connect to yeah yeah it was a it was a dream job dream job and I'm very proud of it well we hope that you will come back and tell us all about it when you're able to at a later date after I have seen all of the episodes (laughs) um Sandy Seru it has been a pleasure where can our listeners find you on the social media oh um Instagram, I guess, a Sandy Sid, S A N D Y S I D. And I do have a Twitter account. I'm uh, not as active as I should be on it, which is why I'm <laughs> stalling. You're like, I but can't remember. I, we always include Sandy a link in the footnotes. To do, yeah. 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 Okay. But, Sabrina, I just want to say thank you for always uh, having so much interest in our community in Vancouver and just sharing the stories of. Canadian talent it really means to a lot to all of us and it's I I know we all jump to sit down with you because you genuinely care oh it I means do a great deal. I love you Sandy I I love you too oh okay we're gonna we're gonna go and get that drink uh <laughs> but to my listeners I say I love you too and I thank you for listening and spending yeah, this time with listening. us today 
Uh, please, if you haven't, like and subscribe. Leave us a review if you're so inclined. Those really do help us find new listeners. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. Do you see the podcast voices coming back, Sandy? I hear it. You can yeah. follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVR Screen Scene. The YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by myself, Sabrina Firminger, and it's produced and edited by Simon Firminger. We give special thanks to Tyson Braddock and Paul Firminger family business here for technical support and to Dane Devillier for the original music. YVR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. <laughs> ah, you're laughing. It's dynamic. Dynamic, I tell you. And cat.